Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Today in the Gospel of St. Matthew, we hear our Lord tell us that no person can serve two masters, that we cannot serve God and mammon. He tells us that we should not worry, not be fearful about any of our material needs, for God will take care of them if we first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So who is your master? In our society, a society that's extremely sensitive to any words that might be hurtful to others, there has been quite the move to avoid master and slave terminology, especially in several technical fields. For example, I don't know how much you've ever poked around in a computer, um, especially one 10 or 15 years ago, to find hard drives labeled things like slave or master, or know that such a description is used at times to describe a server with a master database that's synchronized with all the slave systems. And some have suggested alternatives like primary and replica or leader and follower. But if you've taken even a cursory look at the Bible, and aside if you haven't, I strongly recommend you make it your goal to read it cover to cover, because it truly does live up to its name as the greatest book ever written. But anyway, if you've ever taken even a cursory look at the Bible, you know it's full of slave and master language. Unfortunately, as some are all too prone to do, there have been people willing to twist the clear sense of the Bible into promoting the enslavement of some people to others. The Bible indeed does talk about real slavery because in the ancient world, it was simply a fact of life, but it doesn't condone it. Yet the Bible does make one thing clear. We are all slaves to our only master, God himself. But who is your master? Because you cannot serve God and mammon. For those of you, especially from other faith traditions, you probably heard this particular passage used as the proof text of some preacher's sermon. And unfortunately, I think too often mammon is narrowly interpreted simply as money or material wealth. And that's understandable since mammon is a Hebrew word that means money. However, there is quite a few others who believe, especially based on some Syriac translations, that the underlying origin of this word may have instead meant, quote, that in which one trusts. This seems quite reasonable when we put it in the context of the other three places we see this word mammon used in the New Testament. For example, the parable of the unjust or shrewd steward, which we heard just a few weeks ago. In that, in that passage, there's the verse um, in Luke uh, that goes like this. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now think about what happens if we think about mammon as what someone trusts in. The verse would read something like, if you can't be trusted with that which isn't worth putting your trust in, who will trust you with the stuff that is worth trusting in? So that is basically parallel to the verse that occurs in that, in that uh, parable just before, which says, he who is faithful 
in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. So I think in that parable and in this one, Jesus is driving at much more than material wealth. Yes, money and material wealth are part of what we should not put our trust in, but it's much deeper than that. Basically, anything that isn't God isn't worth putting our trust in. And mammon is everything that isn't God or aligned with him. Mammon is anything that's not seeking the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. Mammon is our faithfulness, faithlessness, I mean, our faithlessness, our sinful thoughts and actions, our focus on stuffing our bodies with food and drink, our sexual cravings, the lies we tell ourselves and others, our coveting of what we do not have internally or externally, a general wanting of more, more, more. So who's your master? Unfortunately, it's often this stuff that's our master. And again, I don't just mean physical wealth, but the activities we spend our time doing rather than spending time on God. How much time do you spend getting and doing stuff? How much money and energy do you spend on stuff, organizing your stuff, worrying over your stuff, lamenting over the stuff you don't have, wishing you've gotten that other stuff, making more space physically and mentally for your stuff, and so on and so on and so on, right? And Jesus is telling us we have it backwards. We have to get control of ourselves so that we can get control of our stuff before it controls us. I mean, even our country's motto is, in God we trust. And, but what do we do? We print it on our money. And it seems like one thing's for sure, most of us behave as though it is in stuff we trust. And in fact, our consumer society is based on that very principle. So if we spend more time concerned with the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, then maybe we could stop worrying about all the other stuff. Why? I think the reason is twofold. One, we will stop caring a lot, caring about a lot of the unrighteous mammon in our life that's simply not aligned with God. And two, the rest of it, the part we really need, God, will indeed provide what we really need, what's really worth trusting in, if we trust in him instead of our stuff. Yet the, the truth is, is that we are not faithful with what is least and therefore cannot be trusted with much. So how do we change this? How can we give up our false sense of control and instead trust God? Well, for that, let us turn to the words of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians today. In these verses, the Apostle Paul reminds us of the transformative power of the Holy Spirit and the path of service and humility that follows from it. He writes, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And this profound statement echoes the message of our Lord in the Gospel. For it is only through serving one true master, the Holy Spirit, that we can truly align our lives with God's will. During our chrismations, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit, and now the Spirit lives within us and walks with us. The question is, are we living by the Holy Spirit? Are we walking by the Holy Spirit? Are we only serving God as our master? Paul continues by urging us to bear one another's burdens and to do good to all, especially the, to those of the household of faith. This call of, to selflessness and service is the way in which we lay up treasures in heaven, mammon and righteous mammon in heaven. For when we serve others in love, we store up heavenly riches that can never be taken from us. We serve and save up righteous mammon. 
So we must choose our master wisely because we cannot serve both God and the world, the spirit and the flesh, for they are opposing masters. To choose one is to forsake the other. So therefore, let us choose to live by the spirit. As Christians, we have the Holy Spirit within us. So let us cultivate a life of prayer, meditation, and obedience to God's word so that we may walk in the spirit, allowing his guidance to shape our decisions and actions. And in this world so often marked by self-centeredness, let us remember the call to bear one another's burdens, extend a helping hand to those in need, and offer love and support to those around you. Do so with humility and a servant's heart, as, his, as our Lord himself did. In this world of temptations and distractions, keep your eyes on the eternal. Remember that the fleeting pleasures of this world cannot compare to the everlasting joy and fulfillment found in God's presence. But if you find yourself straying from God's path, don't be afraid. And simply remember that his grace is always available. Repent, turn back to him, and allow his spirit to guide you once again. He always awaits you with open arms. Let us wholeheartedly serve the one true master, our loving God, and in so doing, May we find true joy and fulfillment that can come only from a life lived in complete devotion to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.